Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 14 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian, here as always with Michaela. Michaela, how's it going? Happy uh, Golden Globes week. Golden Globes last night. How'd you feel? I feel great. I feel wonderful. I'm glad I'm not hungover. Um, yeah, I hope yeah, everybody same. else had a good had a good time. Um, yeah, I feel really good. It's the, it's always a great kickoff to the uh, to the award season, right? Golden yeah. Globes are a just a great tradition, and it was a uh, it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting year, but it was a fun year. Before we get into the Golden Globes, though, did you uh, did you watch anything uh, interesting or good over the weekend? Drink anything good? Kind of getting ready for the Golden Globes or just anything in in general that you watched this weekend? So I did find these really lovely hibiscus flowers that you can mm-hmm. you can buy in their syrup, especially for oh, cocktails. Okay. Um, you can get that on Amazon and for like nine dollars, you get eleven of them in this little okay um, pot and. Um, it was really fun. So I had a lot of bubbles last night, as you do. Mm-hmm. And sure. when I wasn't having the cocktail that we end up drinking, um, mm-hmm. I would use the a little bit of the syrup and the hibiscus flower in the bubbles and it would make it really pretty. And oh, so okay. that yeah, was that fun. Yeah. Yeah, hibis- yeah. Hibiscus is a good flavor. So yeah, so that sounds good. I might have to give that a try. A little sweet. So just, you know, watch out for the sweetness. But yeah, it was go, good. What about go you? Easy on it. Uh, yeah, so we uh, watched a couple things. We watched the uh, United States versus Billy Holiday on uh, Friday night, I think was when it was released out onto Hulu. And uh, spoiler warning for the Golden Globes uh, was pretty good. Uh, the acting in it was uh, was really good. So check that one out if you have Hulu. Uh, we got into that. We watched uh, through the um, five episodes of It's a Sin, which is on uh, something. Oh, it's on HBO. I, I think it's a Cinemax show, actually, but um, it's on the HBO Go. So if you have that really good story there so yeah yeah i was i'm i'm i've started it i've not finished it um it's yeah it's gonna be amazing yeah you'd actually recommended it to me um and then uh we watched all of it and you still have not yet watched all of it so we can't even really talk about it yet so not yet not yet soon soon i'm hoping this week it's gonna happen but we'll get there but right now i think i'm ready to talk about the golden globes uh but i think before we do that we need to uh go mix up our cocktail what do you think yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, there's a lot of Golden Globes goodness to talk about. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back to chat about this week's cocktail, the Moe Bell. Since we're talking about the Golden Globes, we figure we try our hands at the official Golden Globes cocktail, which is called the Moe Bell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And uh, this recipe we found on townandcountrymag.com, and we'll post a link to their article about it. The article came from 2019. So we're not sure if it's the official cocktail every year or if it was just the official cocktail of that year, but the article makes it sound like this is a special cocktail that they make just for the Golden Globes. So I would assume that it's at least available to drink every year. So, um, And Moe uh, Champagne is the official champagne of the Golden Globes. Uh, and they 
kind of go all out for the Golden Globes, right? So in the article, it talks about how they give out 1,500 bottles of the Little Moe minis. Um, 1,500, that sounds they go awesome. Through, they go through 125 cases of the Imperial Brute, which is their standard champagne. Uh, so that's something, what, like 1,500 bottles or something of that. And then each of the tables, if you watch the Golden Globes, right, all of the you know celebrities and things that sit around these uh, big round tables, and each yeah. of the tables gets a, a big magnum of their rosé champagne. And then they make up about 500 of these cocktails, the Moe Bell. Wow. You know, it, I always wanted to go to an award show like the Golden Globes, and now I mm-hmm. want to even more. I think we need to just sneak in just to, yeah. just to grab one. Because I'm sure, you know, they won't miss <laughs> yeah, it, they, right? They have, they have to have some extras floating around for sure. I'm sure, I'm sure. Uh, but unfortunately, so we wanted to make this uh, Moe Bell. And we went, uh, Michaela and I both went to a few different uh, wine and liquor shops around our town here. Couldn't find um, any Moe. And we got kind of the same story from everyone that they were having a lot of supply issues. But it looks like, at least for the award show, when we were watching the kind of the pre-show and everyone's on their Zoom calls, that a lot of the celebrities had their mini bottle of Moe. So apparently they were, they were still able to get some, but uh, mere mortals like you and I, unable, unable to find Moe. Right. Yeah. I wonder what the swag boxes were actually like this time, because, you know, when you go and you're a presenter, you get a different kind of swag bottle than if you were Mm -hmm. nominated, you get a different kind of swag set. And I wonder, I guess all of these were now sent to people's houses because the Golden Globes were live, but they also were pre, Mm -hmm. there were sections that were pre-recorded and there were people that were presenting from the comfort of their house. So I wonder how that all went down. A lot of logistics. Yeah, a lot of logistics going on. Uh, but yeah, so we couldn't find Moe. So I think we're not going to be able to call our drink the Moe Bell. So I'm proposing that we call it the Drink the Movies Bell. What do you think? I love it. I love it. Perfect. Perfect. Well, why don't you run through the recipe for everyone? Uh, sure. it's, it sounds kind of complicated, but it's really pretty simple, right? So Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised uh, when I first saw this uh, list of ingredients, how simple it is to actually make. So you're going to use one ounce of cachaca. If you don't know Mm -hmm. what cachaca is, it is like a Brazilian rum, um, Mm -hmm. but it's called cachaca and you can find that in any liquor store. Uh, Three quarters of an ounce of mango juice, which you can also find at any grocery store. Um, Mm -hmm. Half an ounce of ginger syrup. Brian, you actually made uh, this. Why don't you tell everybody how you made the ginger syrup? Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you don't want to make it, you can buy it. I've seen it like on Amazon and stuff, but it's really expensive and it's really simple to make. So you should just make your own. Uh, it's basically, you're just going to make a simple syrup. So anyone who doesn't know what a simple syrup is, it's just equal parts sugar and water. And you just dissolve that in some boiling water, right? So um, I made just a cup of ours. So it was one cup of sugar, one cup of water. And then I took about a six inch piece of ginger, uh, just peeled it and kind of cut it into some chunks. And then I just simmered that in the uh, that sugar uh, the simple syrup for about an hour and then let it cool and bottle it. And then you can keep it in the fridge for like a week, 10 days, something like that. But yeah, it is uh, super simple to make. Literally, it's just boiling some water and dissolving some sugar. And then you can do the ginger. You could do, you know, a lot of different, you know, fruits or herbs or whatever. So you can make any kind of, you know, kind of flavored simple syrup. But yeah, so that was uh, what we needed for this recipe was some ginger syrup. So that is awesome. Yeah. And it was, it was amazing. I really liked it. Um, so the half ounce of that, and then you finish it with a quarter ounce of lime juice. 
And obviously you don't need uh, fresh limes, but fresh always helps, right? Uh, yep. So what you're going to do is you um, shake that up in a shaker, put it mm -hmm. in a really pretty glass, and then you top it with any of the champagne, sparkling wine, cava um, that you would like, right? Ideally, mm -hmm. it would be moe. But, right. you know, if since we were not in in the list of, of people that got it in our swag bags, um, right. we used a French Cremant from the Loire Valley, I think, Loire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, How Loire, you say yeah. It? Loire. Yep. Okay, mm -hmm. great. That's what we did. And then we topped it off with an edible flower. So you can use rose petals. You can uh, certainly use like the hibiscus. I would probably not do something that sweet, um, but it was a really uh, like a gold color, like as it would be for the Golden Globe. Mm -hmm. So anything light, um, very light colored, like an ivory uh, looked really pretty in it. Yeah, it has kind of that that pale orange uh, color from the mango juice. And then when you top it with the, the sparkling wine or the champagne, um, it kind of makes it, you know, almost, almost like iridescent kind of on the top, like as you're drinking it, cause it has the carbonation there from the, the champagne. And, mm -hmm. Uh, but I thought it was delicious. Uh, what about you? Yeah, this, this is definitely going to be a drink that I'm going to make every year watching the Golden Globes. I think it's going to become a, a new, uh, <laughs> a personal tradition of mine. It was a beautiful drink. Um, mm -hmm. It was really easy to make and it felt really swanky. I mean, and obviously we're in 2021 now, um, but we're still in the middle of the pandemic. So normally right. we would, I would have, you know, some sort of gathering or party kind of like the Super Bowl to mm -hmm. do these award shows. We, I would dress up. That obviously was not happening this year. So it still added some elegance to the evening for me. And I found the drink just incredibly enjoyable. And it wasn't super sweet. The lime juice and the ginger syrup really sets off the sweetness that you would maybe mm -hmm. expect from the mango juice and the um, and the champagne. I mean, the champagne is dry. If you wanted it to be sweeter, I guess you could use something sweeter, but it yeah, really- you could, you could use like a sweeter Prosecco if you wanted it to be a little yeah. sweeter, but I, I think the dryness of um, a good quality, you know, champagne or cava is, is ideal here. Yeah, yeah. I didn't find it. I could drink it all night. It was not one of those things that I, you know, got sick of. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah, same. I thought I thought it was I thought it was delicious. It looked great, and like you said, it felt very felt very fancy when we were drinking it. So yeah. All right, we've got our uh, drinks and movies bill made up. Why don't we settle in? We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back, and we'll chat about the seventy eighth Golden Globes. Spoiler warning for our recap of the Golden Globes. If you did not watch the Golden Globes last night and you haven't seen the news or read a newspaper or any entertainment. Mm -hmm. And you don't then, want to find out who won the Golden Globes. Then, you don't want to know. Then turn this then, off. Go make go make yourself a Drink the Movies bell or a Moe bell if you can find Moe. And, and uh, then come back and we can chat about it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, so the Golden Globes for last night, pretty exciting night. Did you watch any of the uh, red carpet? kind of pre-show stuff or did you just go straight into the end of the show or I went straight into the show I think I had the first I saw the first five ten minutes that's not normally my thing I usually mm -hmm. do uh definitely for the Oscars I watch all right. the pre-shows but I was really expecting it to be very people from their houses I didn't know if people were even going to be dressed up I didn't know if right. we were going to be who are you wearing and what jewelry are you wearing and let's talk a little bit about who mm -hmm. you brought and so that part I totally skipped this year. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah, that's fair. I, I kind of had it on in the background and was just 
kind of watching it. We were, you know, watching something else, but I had it kind of up on my phone just to check in and watch the countdown before the before the show started. But it seemed like they did, you know, a good job with uh, what they were able to do and checking in with people on Zoom, which is always kind of fun because, you know, everyone was a little bit more relaxed in their own house and stuff. So yeah. I think maybe yeah. kind of opened up a little bit, but. But yeah, so so pretty good. They had the challenges this year, right? So, um, like you mentioned earlier, it's kind of a kind of a mixed bag. You know, some in person. They're doing it by coastal, so they had the theater in uh, L.A., the theater in New York, uh, doing it. You know, half in Zoom, half in person. Right, right. And some of them, some of the things were actually pre-recorded, which was neat because I couldn't really pick out what was mm-hmm. and what wasn't. I sure, thought it was yeah. really naturally se- seamless in that way, which kudos to them. Um, I mean, this had to have been uh, a huge logistical nightmare um, right. when, you know, you know, maybe last summer when they realized this COVID's not going away, how they were going to mm-hmm. actually be able to do this. Um, right. I-, I was really pleased that the audiences that were in place were all essential workers mm-hmm. um, and hospital workers. I thought that was really awesome. Because- yeah, it was, yeah, it was pretty cool. They had um, some of these ballrooms. Uh, normally, you know, they have the big round tables with, I don't know, probably eight or 10 celebrities at each, at each of the tables. But this year with the first responders, and it looked like they were they were limited to maybe like two or four people at each of the tables. And it looked like there were probably, I don't know, a dozen, dozen or so tables, maybe kind of spaced out through the theater there. So yeah, yeah. that was pretty cool. Um, hopefully they got the same uh, sort of swag bag that the celebrities get, right? Yeah, yeah, they definitely deserve it. Um, yeah. For sure. Uh, all the, all the moe, they should, they should get it all. They should, they should get it all. We didn't get any, but, but they definitely deserve it more than we do, I think. So. Yes. Agreed. So, yeah. Um, and it was, it was neat, uh, you know, that they started it in um, kind of a dual frame, right? Mm-hmm, because right. Tina Fey and Amy Poehler were actually, one of them was in LA and one of them was in New York and it was right like they were standing next to each other. It was interesting because mm-hmm. the background looked very similar. So you almost thought that they were next to each other. Um, they actually made a, a little joke about it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one tried to kind of go over and reach over and touch the other one. And then some weird kind of manly hand was touching right. on Amy Puller's face. Yeah, I think they so, were making a joke about how uh, there uh, weren't going to be any technical glitches, right? And then it showed like her arm out of frame. So, <laughs> right, like they're, right. They're kind of poking fun at the um, inevitableness of something going wrong with all of this, uh, all of these uh, Zoom calls going on. Right, right. Um, and it, you know, it was interesting um, because they did have uh, the very first uh, award. Actually, was a huge technical glitch, right? When mm-hmm. uh, they announced best actor in a, in a role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The audio kind of cut out on uh, Daniel Kaluuya there. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's not a good sign, but uh, luckily they got, sign. luckily they got it fixed. He was able to, you know, deliver his speech and, and all went well. And I did, I did kind of like you had the zoom banter between the nominees and the categories that they would sort of cut to in between um, as they were going to commercial break. Right. So right. that was kind of, that was kind of fun. I did find it a little awkward during these uh, kind of the acceptance speeches when they would, uh, you know, go to the different uh, Zoom cameras for the people who did not win. And <laughs> it's just a tight shot on their face. And I felt that that was a little awkward, maybe. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, many times there's, you know, kind of rivalry between a couple of candidates or, you know, mm-hmm. who you have. You're like, oh, it's definitely going to be between these two or these three 
um, right. performances. And so they'll do that, you know, in when they're sitting in the audience. Right. But it is a little bit different when they're sitting on a couch and they've got people next to them and <laughs> in, their, in that, their house. And, and they're like, I'm trying to stay composed. My heart's broken or, you know, right. I just need to go get drunk or whatever they were thinking at the time. It was, it was interesting. Um, it, it was interesting. And, but it also, I think that the, um, the way that they had the timing of it worked out really well because I didn't feel that it was, you know, five hours long. I don't think it went mm -hmm. over uh, too much. Um, they didn't. Yeah, no, it ended that... pretty much right on the three hours, I think. So, yeah. And they didn't have the the voiceover or whatever um, mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. you've gone over your time and the orchestra starts playing and then it just gets louder and louder and eventually they take the mic away from you when you, right. you know, they, they didn't seem to do that this time. So, yeah. So I, yeah, I thought it was, um, I thought it was pretty enjoyable to watch. It seemed like the, the production was good. It was, it was interesting. It was, I thought it was interesting to see the, you know, different stars and directors in their own homes, you know, having their own drinks. And some of them were really dressed up and decked out and did photo shoots for it. And then other people like Jason Sudeikis is wearing a hoodie with his, you know, a three day old mustache and thing. <laughs> and yeah, you know, Bill Murray in his Hawaiian shirt out back drinking a martini, uh, yeah. you know, acting like Bill Murray. So. Yeah. 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 That was kind of neat. And I also thought it was neat people who had their kids uh, there mm. because usually, you know, no one brings kids to the, to these sorts of things. Um, right. so it was neat, you know, um, people with their family around them that maybe wouldn't have been able to share that night with them, uh, in the same way before. So, you know, even though it was very different, I thought, I, I think it was, uh, it was still really a special night for everybody involved. So, mm -hmm. yep, for sure. For sure. Well, why don't we, uh, just go ahead and get into the categories. Uh, we're going to do, if you listen to our recap, or our preview show, we're going to do kind of the same thing, just run through the categories and talk a little bit about who won each, who our picks were, and um, if we have any kind of thoughts on those. So why don't we start with, we had two Lifetime Achievement Awards last night at the show. So there are, there's one for film and one for television. So the Cecil B. DeMille Award, which was uh, first awarded in 1952, which I think was the first year of the Golden Globes. Uh, that award went to Jane Fonda, and then you have the Carol Burnett Award, which is um, for, you know, achievements in television. That one's a newer one. It was just started up in 2019, and that one went to Norman Lear. Um, I wasn't really that familiar with Norman Lear. Like, I didn't realize um, how influential he was until uh, they're, you know, kind of speaking with him and, mm -hmm. you know, going through all of his accomplishments, but uh, that was pretty good. It seemed like his, his award was definitely well-deserved. Absolutely. Yeah, it was neat to see um, his speech too. I don't know if it was pre-recorded or not, but it was it was in a it was a really lovely uh, acceptance speech. I thought it's interesting because I, I really like that they do this here with the Golden Globes that they have now two one you know lifetime achievement for movies and one for television because mm -hmm. there's so many television actors um, and performers and writers that that don't get um, perhaps. Uh, they get overlooked. And, right. you know, this is one of the only award shows that really does pay homage to both. And so I, yep. I, I really like that. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. So uh, yeah, those were the two uh, Lifetime Achievement Award winners. Uh, you know, Jane Fonda obviously has had a career going back the last 60 plus years. Um, a lot of achievements for her as well. So uh, yeah, both well-deserved. 
Okay, so let's get into the television awards. Uh, and let's start with the uh, Best Supporting Actress and the Best Supporting Actor. Um, now, the Best Supporting Actor, that one, that award was presented by Angela Bassett, and the nominees were John Boyega for Small Axe, Brendan Gleeson for The Comey Rule, Daniel Levy for Schitt's Creek, Jim Parsons for Hollywood, and Donald Sutherland for The Undoing. Um, and the winner of the Best Supporting Actor in a Television was John Boyega for Small Axe. Now, we had both picked uh, Daniel Levy from Schitt's Creek. Yes. What, what do you think, uh, Michaela? John Boyega was the... Uh, was a good pick. We we were both wrong on that one. So we were both wrong on that one. I, you know, to full disclosure, I haven't seen Small Axe, so I reserve judgment. I think that um, I've heard amazing things, so mm -hmm. I probably just need to watch it, and then I would I would understand um, the choice yeah. a little bit better. Yeah. So so Small Axe is like a five part show, right? So there's right. like five hour long episodes, and John Boyega's episode. Uh, was the third one, I believe. So it was right in the middle. Um, he was excellent in it. So I was really happy to see him win. I was a little bit surprised. I thought uh, Daniel Levy was going to win. Obviously, he was, he was my pick, but uh, pretty happy with the pick. I think it was well-deserved. So, yeah. All right. And for Best Supporting Actress, um, this one was presented by Christopher Maloney from Law & Order SVU fame. And the nominees, for, <laughs> the nominees for that one were uh, Jillian Anderson for The Crown. Helena Bonham Carter for The Crown, Julia Garner for Ozark, Annie Murphy for Schitt's Creek, and Cynthia Nixon for Ratched. Uh, now, the winner of this category was Jillian Anderson for The Crown, uh, who was my pick. So, uh, point for me. Uh, Michaela, you had Julia Garner for Ozark. Are you, uh, are you regretting your decision? or? You know, I think The Crown, you know, really is coming into its own, and it's, it's getting a lot of attention um, I knew the crown would be a tough contender, um, mm -hmm. but I, I don't know. And Gillian Anderson is amazing. I mean, she, she's amazing in sex education. Um, she's just, an, she's an amazing actress. She's, she's, she's brilliant. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm fine with it. Like I feel, I feel good about it. None of these, these actresses I think were undeserving, you know, sometimes you get one right. or two in there that you're like, why they pick them? This, this was a hard call for me. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I feel good about that one. I, I think it's definitely well-deserved. And um, the only thing I would say is she's won one before. And so you, you know, you, you we kind of want to spread some of the love, but you know. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Crown, it's like coming into its own. I mean, it's, I, I think this was just the, the fifth season of it, um, the fifth or the sixth seasons, but it's, you know, it's always kind of been overshadowed, right? So you had like, Game of Thrones and things like that. Right. So it never kind of kind of got its due, but now it had its opportunity to uh, step into the limelight and you'll right. see the crown come up again and again yeah. over over the uh, the course of the night. Um, for sure. So for best actor in a musical comedy series, that was presented by Sterling K. Brown and Susan Kalecki Watson. Mm -hmm. So the nominees for that were Don Cheadle for Black Monday, Nicholas Holt in The Great, Eugene Levy for Schitt's Creek, Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso, and Rami Youssef in Rami. And Jason Sudeikis in his gray hoodie totally took it away. Uh, he won for Ted Lasso, mm -hmm. which yeah, you did. actually picked. That's what you picked, right? That was your. I I did, yeah, absolutely. Um, and you were you were surprised when I picked it, but I knew I knew that uh, Jason Sudeikis was going to win. So you, you picked Eugene Levy, who was a, a good pick as well. But 
yeah ted lasso check it out if you've not seen it it's on the on the apple plus uh you said you were gonna watch it i don't think you have yet but i'm gonna no. make sure that you do so I'm going to. It is definitely on my list. I mean, anybody that can beat out Eugene Levy, because especially this season, since it was its final season, I really thought it was going to be uh, almost everything Shit's Creek was going to come up. Um, mm -hmm. And he was he was especially brilliant in that season. So it must be pretty uh, a pretty powerful performance as Ted. So that'll be fun. That'll be fun to watch. I'm looking forward to it. And the next one was uh, for Best Actress in a Musical or Comedy Series, and that was presented by Christian Slater who mm -hmm. looks way better than he did when he was in season two of Dirty John with the Betty Broderick story, which is also oh. a great series, but it was not nominated for anything. But yeah, yeah. so he, he looks a lot better uh, <laughs> in, 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 as his real self. <laughs> Just, it was good to see him. Um, so the nominees for this category were Lily Collins with Emily in Paris, Kelly Cuoco in The Flight Attendant, Elle Fanning for The Great, Jane Levy in Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and Catherine O'Hara for Schitt's Creek. And I'm happy to say both of us actually voted for Catherine O'Hara mm -hmm. and she won. She which did win. was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, well-deserved. Uh, her character is awesome. Uh, her uh, weird voice in Schitt's Creek is awesome. Her wigs are awesome. Her, the uh, like dresses she wears in the show oh is awesome. God. She's she's just uh, awesome, awesome all around, right? So. Yeah, they need, I don't know, and maybe <clears throat> maybe there's a there's another subset of you know technical awards that 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 need to go around, but costume management for a series like that, they should have a war an award for that. Um, and she whoever did that costume management should win because it was she's I mean, season after season, it was just more and more bizarre and amazing. Uh, so great. Yeah. And I I felt like her the dress she was wearing uh, last night under her you know mm -hmm. for her zoom call was very uh shades of moira as well very representative same, i feel had that yes. same kind of flair right yeah yes absolutely absolutely yeah. it was like <laughs> it was moira meets you know beetlejuice i think yeah exactly. <laughs> she was awesome so there you go all right we're moving on to uh best actor and best actress in a drama series so the best actor that was presented by anthony anderson and the nominees were jason bateman for ozark Josh O'Connor for The Crown, Bob Odenkirk for Better Call Saul, Al Pacino for Hunters, and Matthew Reese for Perry Mason. Now, disclaimer, if you listen to our preview show, you will uh, no doubt notice that we skipped over this category and did not make a pick. Um, so Michaela and I did one off the air, and she had picked Jason Bateman, and I had picked Matthew Reese, but we were both wrong because Josh O'Connor for The Crown won. You sure don't, did. Don't bet against The Crown. This yeah, year. that that definitely was the theme. Was the crown wins all, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, your husband, your husband was was in on it, right? They announced him, and he's like, "That's that's the guy. He's gonna win." So he's gonna win. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He in fact, he actually thought he was Prince Charles for a second. I believe he said, is, "You know, <laughs> is that him talking? What's going he, on?" He was. He is that good. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So Josh O'Connor, I he's excellent in the crown. I mean, everyone's excellent in the crown. So. Um, yeah, and Best Actress in a Drama Series. So this was presented by Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick, who are the loveliest couple in Hollywood, no doubt. Uh, looked great. They did um, look great, didn't they? They, look, they looked amazing. I mean, they're basically vampires. We all know this, right? I mean, yeah. what are they, 50, 60? 
they look 25 and they're still even, so in love. It's so cute. I love it. I don't know, even know. Yeah. Gives, gives all of us hope, but the nominees for the best actress in a drama series were Olivia Coleman for the crown, Jodie Comer for killing Eve, Emma Corrin in the crown, Laura Linney in Ozark and Sarah Paulson in Ratchet. Uh, this one was a tough one because this category is absolutely stacked with talent. Uh, my pick was Olivia Coleman for the crown and you'd pick Laura Linney for Ozark, but my crown pick was incorrect. Emma Corrin from The Crown was the big winner here, and this was her this was her uh, first nominee nomination and first uh, win. So good yeah. job, Emma Corrin. And her speech, she could tell she was she was shocked and she was so grateful. Um, it got me a little teary. You know, yeah. I I love acceptance speeches when and, they are genuinely just so overwhelmed. You know. Yeah, and Olivia Coleman, who is her co-star on The Crown looked so genuinely happy for her, right? She did, she did. Uh, now, Olivia has won three, so she she didn't need another Golden Globe, right? She <laughs> doesn't, have, doesn't have space for it, so right, she's like, right. let, let Emma win. But yeah, she looked so happy when yeah. when she won, so. And that's, and that's what you want, right? You want, uh, you know, in this business, you hear that there's a lot of backstabbing and a lot of, it's very cutthroat. Um, people have lost friendships and, you know, relationships because they've gotten a part that's gone on to earn them lots of fame and fortune. There's a couple of famous stories, um, you know, between actors and actresses who've done that. So it's, it is really nice to see when there is that genuine happiness when other people do well. So, Mm. and that was cool. You didn't see uh, not, you didn't see much of it this time this year, but I think it was also uh, more for the fact that, you know, everything, everybody was on a zoom call and kind of sitting at home rather than being all next right. to each other in a, in a space. So, yep. So the next uh, category was best actor in a TV motion picture. And it was presented by Justin Thoreau. And the nominees were Brian Cranston for your honor, Jeff Daniels for the Comey rule, Hugh Grant for the undoing, Ethan Hawke in the good Lord bird, and Mark Ruffalo, I know this much is true. Now, what's interesting is that both of us picked Hugh Grant in The Undoing, and we were both mm-hmm. wrong. Both wrong. In the morning, when this announcement came out and I was watching it, I remember turning to Anthony and saying, Mark Ruffalo is totally going to win this. So I don't know what I was thinking because I was right the second time <laughs> because yeah. he's the one who ends up taking it home. <laughs> well, I, I think that. I think you were about ready to pick Mark Ruffalo in the preview show. And I talked you out of it because Hugh Grant has been on an episode of Drink the Movies. So I swayed you into changing your vote. Um, you should have stuck with your guns though. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo. I probably should have. Mark Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo won, is, yeah. is so good. I mean, it's yeah, just now, amazing. Di- now disclaimer, I've not seen I Know This Much Is True. So I don't I don't know for sure, but I, w- I would suspect that it's very good and it's going to probably going to get watched this week, so. Yeah, no, it's very good. He also recently did um, a film called the um, the Normal Heart, which okay. if if you did enjoy, it's a sin you would enjoy um, a Normal Heart. Um, it's okay. very similar. It's very similar content, and he's awesome in it. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll have to definitely have to check that one out too. So, so for the next category, it was Best Actress in a TV Motion Picture. And that was presented by Rosie Perez, who was looking amazing, by the way, mm-hmm. by the by. The nominees were Kate Blanchett for Mrs. America, Daisy Edgar-Jones for Normal People, Shira Haas in Unorthodox, Nicole Kidman in The Undoing, and then Anna Taylor-Joy in The Queen's Gambit. And both you and I uh, 
voted for Anna Taylor Joy, and mm-hmm. we were right. We were both, yeah, we were both correct. Um, yeah, there was no way she wasn't going to win. Uh, I mentioned uh, last week's show is something something was really special about the Queen's Gambit, and and she was just so fantastic in it. So. She absolutely was. And she looks beautiful in her acceptance speech. Very different uh, looking. She is not uh, a redhead. And, you know, her, her hair was like long and really white, silvery white. And um, she looks super glamorous. She had, her nails were about 75 inches long. And her acceptance speech was really sweet. I thought that was very special, you know. Uh, apparently, I did not double check on this, but I saw on Twitter today, apparently she had... Uh her nails had chess pieces on them. So, oh, <laughs> so, that's so cute. She was, so she was she was going with the, going with the theme, but going that's awesome. The theme. So, that is yeah, cool. So, so yeah, yeah. Anya Taylor Joy, Queen's Gambit, big winner there. So, all right. Well, now we're up to the um, categories for the uh, best television series. So we have the best television uh, motion picture miniseries, uh, the best musical and comedy series, and the best drama series. Uh, so to start it out with the best television motion picture, um, that was presented by Rosie Perez as well. Yes. And the nominees were Normal People, The Queen's Gambit, Small Acts, The Undoing, and Unorthodox. And the uh, we just mentioned it with uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, The Queen's Gambit was the big winner here. And we, uh, we both picked her to win and we both picked Queen's Gambit to win. Yes, we did. And so yeah. I was very happy. It made me genuinely grin. Uh, from ear to ear, seeing that um, that it did it, I I do think unorthodox is supposed to be amazing. I've not seen that one yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was one that you have said I have to watch because um, yeah, it really is good. fantastic. So um, I liked the Undoing. I think the Undoing is more of an actor's um, show rather than the whole story. Um, you know, there are parts of the plot to me that 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 kind of fell apart, even though it was based on a book that had done very well. Um, right. But, uh, you know, so I really liked it, but I, I, I mean, there was just, the Queen's Gambit was amazing from yeah. top to finish. I mean. Yeah, it was so good. And this, uh, we had a couple of responses on our uh, social media feeds. So we had, we had one vote for Queen's Gambit and uh, one vote for The Undoing. So, uh, so a couple, a couple votes there. So thanks for, thanks for chiming in there. Going on to best musical and comedy series on television. So we had Emily in Paris, The Flight Attendant, The Great. Schitt's Creek and Ted Lasso. And we were both right on this one. And it was Schitt's Creek. Absolutely was, which is great. I mean, because it was the final season, you want it to go out with a bang. Um, and that, that, that it's, it's a great, it's one of the best shows I think ever on television. It's, it's going to really, I think, age well, really well. Yeah. It's, it's certainly, you know, of, of the comedy series. Yeah. One of the, one of the all-time greats for sure. Yeah, it'll it'll hold up for a long time. Yeah, definitely. It's it's it'll be like one of you know it'll be like The Office and Friends and Seinfeld. You know, one of those shows that people will just you know keep rewatching over and over again. So for sure. All right, and to round out the television awards, we had the best drama series on television, and the nominees. Uh, and that one was presented by Keenan Thompson, and the nominees for that were The Crown, Lovecraft Country, The Mandalorian. Ozark and Ratchet and the winner here and we were right again we were right on all of the television series so kudos to us uh was the crown the crown I really did enjoy Ozark I thought Ozark was probably my personal favorite but I just didn't think it was going to inch out the crown because 
the crown had kind of missed so much. Um, you know, it, it had been nominated previously when Game of Thrones was kind of in the throes of everything mm -hmm. and winning a bunch of stuff. So I really was hoping uh, that it would be kind of the crown's year, um, even though they've, they've, they've had a good run so far. Right. And um, Mandalorian was amazing as well. I, I think if you haven't seen that and you are anyway interested in the Star Wars sagas, um, mm -hmm. you need to crawl out from the rock that you've been living under and go watch it because it's absolutely awesome. That's right. Um, super fun. And Ratchet was really well done too. I really, I've not seen Lovecraft Country, but I thought Ratchet was also wonderful. Yeah, I didn't love Ratchet to be honest. Um, it it looks great. It, it's fantastic to look at. Um, but I never quite got into that one. You know, the same way yeah. that I did did The Crown and um, Ozark Lovecraft Country. So, uh, but yeah, The Crown definitely definitely uh, takes the night in terms of television. So it won what four awards, I think. Of, yeah. the, of the tv so it stole everything it took it all away it, it took all the awards all right well, why don't we take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll run through the motion picture categories all right so for the motion picture nominations we had a uh, best song that was presented by tracy morgan mm -hmm. the nominations were fight for you from judas and the black messiah hear my voice from the trial of the chicago seven lo see seen from the life ahead speak now from one night in miami and tigress and tweed which was from the united states versus billy holiday we actually did not uh vote on this one either we weren't uh, really familiar with any of these enough to to make a pick i think was why we decided to skip this one but yeah uh, scene from the life ahead was the was the winner here right so correct correct and i it's interesting because i i definitely am gonna uh, play it. I, I had meant to play it today just to get mm -hmm. a feel for the music, um, of all of these. And I just, right. I haven't yet, but, um, I, I definitely am excited to do so. One thing I thought was interesting about, um, both one night in Miami and the United States versus Billy holiday is those were about real people that sang and yet the music, you know, how the music would lay out against, uh, would it be Billy holiday? You know, would it, you know, how would it sound? How would um, Speak Now sound against Sam Cooke's kind of look and feel? Um, would mm. it be representative at all? So that, that'll that be something interesting to kind of check out. Right, right. I'm kind of surprised that the original song from Soul wasn't in there. What's that? Uh, it's All Right, I think, is the, the song that he's performing at the end. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, at least what I heard on the show last night, um, seeing from Life Ahead, I was lovely. I mean, all of those songs were great, but yeah, I'm going to have to have to do a little bit more digging and uh, kind of give each of these their own independent listen to. So yeah, for sure. But Tracy Morgan also presented best score. So the nominations for that are Andrea Desplat for The Midnight Sky, Ludwig Gorenson for Tenet, James Newton Howard for News of the World, Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor for Mank, and then John Batiste, Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor for Soul. And you and I both agreed that the Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, John Batiste, Soul extravaganza was too good to pass up. And we were correct because that is the what ended up taking home the award that night. Yeah, uh, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, uh, you know, had had two nominations, but yeah, John Batiste. It was a really interesting soundtrack for Soul, right? So you had you had yeah. the jazz jazz music for him, you know, as he's walking around. Obviously, he's a jazz musician. Um, so you get a lot of those themes when they're back on earth, but 
you know, when they're kind of in the in-between world, um, you have this more sort of industrial sound that you might expect from Nine Inch Nails uh, for some reason uh, in there. And that just, it creates this uh, neat tension, I thought, and, you know, really sort of sort of played up that, you know, it was, it was definitely otherworldly where he was and kind of kind of trapped and and how the uh the little uh counting guys moving around the city right so yeah yeah no i was really excited i i don't do a lot of nine inch nails so when <laughs> uh i had the opportunity to listen to more i mean trent Reznor has actually won uh something before for best score so mm-hmm. um that was kind of neat to see him back at it but i really did think that the sounds that they created uh, for Soul was really special. And I'm, I'm really glad to see that it won. I will say, I also really enjoyed the score for Midnight Sky. Um, if you've not uh, seen Midnight Sky, there's a lot of silence with the score overlaid because you know there's only like two people in the whole movie. Um, so that that was also really worth somebody's time. And it makes sense because mm-hmm. Andre, Alexandra Desplat or Depla maybe is how you say it, I'm so sorry. He's won two before, so he really knows how, how to work his way around a score. Yeah, yeah. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross uh, won uh, previously for The Social Network. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yep. Well, next up in the movie categories, we have the Best Foreign Language Picture, and that was presented by Gal Gadot. And we had another round from Denmark, La Lorana from France, Guatemala, The Life Ahead from Italy, Minari from the USA, and two of us from the USA and France. Uh, now, the winner of this category was Minari. Uh, Michaela, you and I had both picked another round out of Denmark, but I think when we were discussing it, we said that we both thought Minari probably was going to win, even though we hadn't had the chance to watch it, right? It, it, it's, I think it's just now kind of getting to the point where you can uh, rent it at home to watch. Right. So definitely excited to check that one out. Um, another round, though, was excellent if you have access to checking that one. I'd recommend checking that one out too. But yeah, definitely looking forward to to looking up Minari. Yeah. Yeah. And I really enjoyed the the speech uh, that he gave. Um, mm. I thought it was lovely that his, his little girl, I think it was his little girl was sitting there with him, giving him a cuddle as he's... Yeah, uh, she kind of she kind of gang rushed him, right? She... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was really sweet. Um, again, you, you won't get that, right? Uh, and if... If it, hopefully uh, next year we'll we'll kind of go back to normal, but I thought that that was that's something that no matter what you know they'll have that uh, moment together. I think that was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. It made my heart happy. Yeah, it was really cool. And for the next category here for cinema was the best picture in the animated category, and this was presented by Tiffany Haddish. And the nominees for that were The Crudes, New Age, Onward. Over the Moon, Soul, and Wolfwalkers, and Michaela, you, me, and uh, three of our uh, uh, social media followers all said Soul was going to take home the prize, and it did. And it did. Deservedly so. Um, I'm happy to say I I watched Onward, and I loved Onward. Um, I also watched Wolfwalkers. The animation for Wolfwalkers is really cool and and very different, Mm -hmm. but I mean, Soul was just... Uh, you know, Pixar, man, they just, they have a way of yeah. creating these really adult, very adult themes. And I don't mean like violent or sexy or whatever, but just very 
um, adult uh, ideas and transforming that into something that a child can watch and enjoy. And so, you know, they have done such a great job. I mean, I don't think they've, they've made a bad film and this was just really exceptional. I, I thought it was very well drawn. I thought that we talked about the score already. The score is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the voice acting was great. Yeah. Voice uh, acting Tina was Bay great. And uh, Jamie Foxx. And yeah. Yeah. Just, and it just fantastic. just really cool. Yeah. And it, it was just, and it was so different. It's such a different idea. Yeah. yeah that's, I, that's the interesting thing with, with the, uh, the Pixar films, right? Like they, they tackle these headier topics, but it never feels uh, repetitive coming from them. They all seem you know, really original and unique. So yeah, Soul, big winner. The next category was for best screenplay. It was presented by Cynthia Aribo. Nominees are Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman, Jake Fincher for Mank, Aaron Sorkin, The Trial of the Chicago 7, Christopher Hampton and Florin Zeller for The Father, and Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Uh, this one was another one where you and I both agreed that Aaron Sorkin was going to win for the trial of the Chicago seven. And we were mm-hmm. right because he did win. He um, did, yeah. And one thing I thought was really interesting. He did his acceptance speech and he had, I don't know, 37 people in this room with him. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is neat. I mean, they, they all probably were, you know, in a bubble for months uh, or weeks at least before this. Um, but I thought that was really cool. So it was obvious he had all these amazing people that he loved around him as he was accepting this award. And yeah, I wasn't sure. Yeah, there were just yeah, it was uh, him and then uh, a bunch of other people. And uh, during his speech, you know, he made mention to I think one of one of his writers or one of the writers um, of the script was you know there with him and uh, probably some of you know her friends and family there and stuff. So they got to make a make a little party out out of it. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, but it was uh, it was great. I, I mean, I obviously, if you've not seen this trial, the Chicago Seven, um, that screenplay is amazing. There's a mm. lot of things that are going on. I mean, you've got seven, actually eight, um, different stories of how people ended up in the the place and the time that they were, and then what mm. happened and how that story gets told. Um, yep. It it could have been a complete train wreck and it wasn't. And a large part of that was because of the impeccable screenplay that was done. So definitely worth your time. Um, all the nominations I felt though for this category were deserved. I mean. Yeah, that's that was the thing about this year, right? So if you go through any of the categories, like it didn't really seem like there were there was too much out of place, right? You could you could made a compelling argument about pretty much any of these. So yeah, yeah. So the next category was for best director. And that was presented by Bryce Dallas Howard. The nominees were Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman, David Fincher for Mank, Regina King for One Night in Miami, Aaron Sorkin, The Trial of Chicago 7, and Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. And I'm happy to say Chloe Zhao actually took it away for Nomadland, which we called, both of us. really exciting. She was, uh, you know, one of the more casual kind of, uh, folks It looked like she's sitting in front of a computer, just kind of chilling out, uh, accepting her award. Um, I really thought that her directing was, was really special and different. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I definitely well-deserved. Obviously that was the one that, that we had picked to win. Uh, I think we both kind of wanted to see Regina King win and I think she might've won the night. Did you see her, 
um, her and her very fancy dress and her very unimpressed dog in the uh, red carpet yeah. show. Did you see the, see the <laughs> yeah. pictures? Of I saw the pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's awesome. But yeah, uh, you know, definitely, definitely a good pick for, for Chloe Zhao for, for Nomadland. Um, and yeah, like you said, her acceptance speech was really great too. You could just tell how excited she was. Yeah. Uh, which is which is always great to great to see and I, that film is just you know it's it's like w- looking at you know like a, a renaissance painting or something it just it just paints these big broad strokes of the story it's just, it's gorgeous so yeah yeah definitely and it was it was interesting the way in which the story was told is a little bit different than a lot of stuff that was out there but again there were no you know, usually there's one movie that that's like that gets nominated and people are like inwardly cringing, asking why. And in this case, mm-hmm. all of these were beautifully done um, yep. and they all brought something that was a little special. I, I really actually loved uh, Promising Young Woman and the way that that story was told as well. If mm-hmm. you guys, have not, guys and girls out there have not seen it, it's definitely worth your time. And that was really special, too, because Emerald Fennel is... Uh, is pretty amazing in her own right so yeah for sure all right we're well, moving on to the best supporting actress and best supporting actor uh, categories uh so the best supporting actor this was uh the first award that was given out last night and it was presented by laura dern and the nominees were sasha baron cohen uh for the trial of chicago seven daniel kaluuya for judas and the black messiah jared leto for the little things bill murray for on the rocks and leslie odom jr for one night in miami uh, you and I, or you and I, picked a different, but you picked right. You picked Daniel Kaluuya, and he was he was the winner here for Judas and the Black Messiah. Yes, he was, and it was the one time that there was a technical glitch where he's trying to give his speech, and they end mm-hmm. up having to kind of cut him off. But they do let him finish, um, yeah, which luckily, was which was very nice. Yeah, luckily they got it got it fixed. You know, pretty pretty quick. It didn't even really have time to hardly break away from him before it before it went yeah. back to him. So yeah. Um, so yeah, I was really excited uh, to be right uh, in this. I mean, again, I think all of these were pretty great performances, um, mm-hmm. but I, I just thought that his uh, his rendering of Fred Hampton was just amazing. Yeah, he, yeah, he was excellent. Definitely, definitely a good pick, and and definitely worthy of the uh, of the award. So, yep. All right, and for the best supporting actress category, this was presented by Jamie Lee Curtis. And the nominees were Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman for The Father, Jodie Foster for The Mauritanian, Amanda Seyfried for Mank, and Helena Zengel for News of the World. Uh, Jodie Foster was the winner here for The Mauritanian. Um, I'd picked Amanda Seyfried for Mank, and you had picked Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy. Uh, but Jodie Foster takes the prize. Uh, neither of us have seen this one yet, have we? No. No, I don't even think it's, you're able to see it until the 5th of March. Um, yeah, I think it's at like, it's at like one movie theater, like in each state or something at the, at the moment, yeah. but. Yeah, so when it comes out, I'll definitely be looking uh, to it because I love and adore uh, Jodie Foster. Um, mm-hmm. And it was really great to see her again. You know, she d- maintains a very private life. She stays out of the public li- eye a lot. Um, it was nice to see her and what looked like her partner. Um, I don't know if they're married or not and their dog, which was cool. Um, you know, she's, uh, 
it, it was it was really neat and you you could tell i think that she was uh genuinely surprised and and you know really pleasantly um pleasantly surprised by by her win so i thought that was really cool mm-hmm. yeah and we had a we had a fan pick for uh, Glenn Close as well. So you weren't alone in uh, thinking she was going to win. So. Yeah, I, I do. I, my heart goes out to her. I, she's amazing, you know? And so <sighs> eventually, you know, we're going to have to do like a Cecil B. DeMille for her or something if she, if we don't give her something soon, because it, it was, it was a really strong performance. Um, and I recommend Hillbilly Elegy to, to anybody. I thought it was, I thought it was a really good film. So. Yeah. So for the next category, we have Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy, and that was presented by Aquafina. Mm-hmm. The nominees were Sasha Baron Cohen for the Borat subsequent movie film, James Corden from The Prom, Lin-Manuel Miranda for Hamilton, Dev Patel in The Personal History of David Copperfield, and Andy Samberg from Palm Springs. Neither one of us got this right. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen actually took it away for Borat subsequent movie film. You had uh, voted on James Corden for the prom, and mm-hmm. I had voted for Lin Manuel Miranda for Hamilton. Yeah, I, I have not seen the second Borat film, uh, but I assume it you know it's going to play out very similar to the to the first one. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Is is probably good. I mean, as excellent as he was in the Trial of the Chicago Seven, certainly he can. He's good at what he does there with the uh, the Borat character and kind of these sketch comedy things. Yeah. No, I, th- I think it's going to be interesting. I have also not seen it, so um, but I've seen parts of it. Um, there mm-hmm. was a par- there there was a part that definitely made the news, and um, yeah. so I, I'm I'm kind of okay with it. I did really I, I was pulling for Lin Manuel because I really thought Hamilton was excellent, and it was finally we were finally able to see it, <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> and right. it didn't cost thirteen thousand dollars a ticket or whatever. Um, so that that was it was so good, and I, it would have been cool to see to see him win. But um, but yeah, I feel pretty good about about Sasha Baron Cohen. He is amazing, and uh, it was great to see Isla Fisher sitting next to him. That was also yeah. nice because, gosh, you know, we we ha- we don't get to see these people, um, and we haven't for well, feels like a thousand years now. So that was right. good. Yeah, for sure. The next category was Best Actress in a Musical or Comedy, and that was presented by Ben Stiller. The nominees were Maria Bakalova for Barat Subsequent Movie Film, Kate Hudson for Music, Michelle Pfeiffer for French Exit, Rosamund Pike in I Care A Lot, and Anna Taylor-Joy for Emma. And this was one where we, we called it uh, Rosamund Pike for I Care A Lot won the award, and you and I both voted for her. So that was cool. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was a good one. She's, she's really good in that kind of a, a darker tone, you know, sort of this dark. Nobody comedy, does dark kind of, like Rosamund Pike. Of, she's kind so of a good. Thing, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah she's, she's perfect for it. So she's uh, not a chick that I'd story. want to mess with. That's for sure. Ooh. Yeah, absolutely not. But yeah, don't mess with her here. So she was, she was the big winner uh, there in that category. And Ben Stiller, uh, super gray hair, right? He made the, he made the comment that. That, that he dyed his hair. And I think he might've, because it was all, very gray and very much the same color so yeah yeah you know i think interesting what i am seeing is a lot of uh people who were used to being in the public eye had changed their looks or 
um, really become at peace with the natural progression of their age over the course of 2020. So mm-hmm. there were a lot of actresses in particular that came out and said, I'm, I'm making peace with my gray hair, or I'm using this time to really get in shape, or, you know, I'm, I'm, I used this year to really be okay with my body. And I thought that was really neat. It, it's, it, it happened a lot. I saw with a lot of women, but um, you know, we also saw people who said, you know, I, I'm tired of wearing a hair piece. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to, you know, dye my hair or whatever, um, that were also men. So I, I think this year was really good for a lot of people to really connect with themselves. And because they weren't in the public eye, they got to maybe take a breath and, and kind of sort that how, you know, they're in process that, which could be a good thing. I mean, it definitely made me feel good as a person that is not uh, a movie star to, uh, to see that people were becoming more accepting of themselves growing older, Mm -hmm. changing, or, you know, not being quote unquote perfect, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. We have next up, we have the best actress and the best actor in the drama categories. So the best actor in a drama was presented by Renee Zellweger. And the nominees for that one were Riz Ahmed for The Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins for The Father, Gary Oldman for Mank, and Tahar Rahim for The Mauritanian. And we both called this one. Uh, Chadwick Boseman was the winner here. Uh, really was the only was the only pick. Nothing nothing against the uh, other four in the category, but but he was destined to win. Such a such a great performance and and uh, man the uh, the acceptance speech. Yeah, I'm getting teary just thinking about it. Um, One thing that I thought was really lovely was that they were able to pan and you could see Viola Davis's uh, response to when Mm -hmm. Chadwick won and um, she was so happy and, you know, I don't think anybody was surprised per se, but she was just overjoyed and you could see her kind of clasping her her, uh, person sitting next to her's hand and um, just it was an amazing performance and it, it's such a shame it's that it's the last one of his that we're going to see because he was so special. And one of the things that I thought was also really a beautiful tribute, maybe without meaning to be, um, is when they were uh, starting the award ceremony, they were asking kids a bunch of questions mm-hmm. um, and everyone, all the kids knew who Black Panther was. They all knew who Chadwick Boseman was. And they all thought that he was a hero. And um, I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. He is a hero. So there you go. Yep. All right. And the best actress in the drama categories, uh, this was presented by uh, Joaquin Phoenix. And the nominees Joaquin. were Joaquin Phoenix. And the nominees were Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Andrew Day for the United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand for Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. Uh, we were both wrong on this one. So the winner was Andrew Day for the United States versus Billie Holiday. Uh, we both picked Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. We did. And, you know, thinking back on it, I probably would have picked Frances McDormand to inch out Carrie Mulligan. I was really surprised by Andrew Day as a winner. That being Mm -hmm. said, um, I have not seen all of the United States versus Billie Holiday yet. So, um, but she, she was, she seemed genuinely excited and surprised. uh, And, and I I loved her acceptance speech. I thought it was great. Yeah. um, 
as I mentioned, kind of at the beginning of the show, we had watched the United States versus Billy Holiday this weekend. I think it just came came out onto Hulu on Friday, so we watched it Friday night. Um, and her portrayal of Billy Holiday is was excellent. But yeah, that one was that one was a little bit surprising to me. But yeah, case case to be made for any of those. All of those women did a fantastic fantastic job there. Uh, again, that's kind of the kind of the theme of this year's Golden Globes, right? So no bad picks. So. No bad picks. No bad picks. I, I was, I would have been happy with anybody uh, winning, but uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was really great to see. It was good to see. Yeah. Well, before, before we get to the, the uh, last category here, um, we did get some fan feedback on, on a lot of these picks. So I just wanted to send out a uh, quick uh, word of thanks to everyone who took the time to, to vote on our Instagram and on our Facebook. So on Instagram um, at Ebenhawk podcast, and at ARM33 Productions, uh, both took the time out to vote on our Instagram poll. So thank you very much. And on Facebook, we had Facebook users uh, Jeff and Carrie both made uh, some votes there. So uh, thank you to everyone who uh, follow us on social media. And thank you uh, especially to them for uh, taking the time out to uh, put some votes out. Absolutely. All right. So for the final categories, we had uh, Best Picture in a Musical Comedy. This was presented by Kristen Wig and Annie Mumolo. Um, and it, they were kind of doing their Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar skit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which was really funny. It was, it was really good. Um, Annie Mumolo, it just, she cracks me up and I love Kristen Wig. So, so the nominees were Borat, Subsequent Movie Film, Hamilton, Music, Palm Springs, and The Prom. And we both picked Hamilton. We were wrong. Barat mm-hmm. subsequent movie film took it away. And so now I have to see it because I really need to know kind of what the fuss was all about. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if that's going to kind of translate into pushing it into uh, an Oscar nomination, right? Yeah, like it for sure. It doesn't seem like it's something that would, would necessarily creep up there, but you know, with this win, does it, does it start getting, you know, another round of interest thrown at it? Right. Yeah. I definitely think that this was a, um, an instance where the time uh, that a movie is made and comes out and the climate in which things are occurring in the world definitely mm-hmm. has a direct result onto the popularity of said uh, movie. I don't think that um, the original Barat was, um, the first Barat was nominated for anything. Mm-hmm. So this is really, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting to see how the, the, the next take on this. So I, I do have to see it. Um, if you have seen Barat, subsequent movie film, and you want to give us a critique of how you liked it and what you felt about it um, mm-hmm. and the performance, please send us a note because uh, I would love to hear. Yeah, well, so, uh, certainly, I mean, the uh, the performances must have been been good, right? Because you had... Yeah, we had tons. You had Maria, you had Maria Bakalova and Sasha Baron Cohen. And, both, yeah. Both, uh, well, you know, Sasha, you know, won, but you had the uh, two nominees for Best Actor and Best Actress there in, yeah. the, in the musical comedy. So, so yeah, it must have, been, must have been something about it. Like you said, probably the the time in which it came out and kind of the subject matter that it was covering uh, probably helped. But yeah, now I'm def- definitely going to have to check it out. It wasn't it wasn't high on my list to see, but but now I am intrigued, as they say. So Yes, absolutely. Um, Yes, a little bit surprised uh, about Hamilton. I wonder if that was, um, not to take anything away from Borat, I wonder if that was a little uh, kind of guarded for uh, 
these uh these movie people right don't want to don't want musicals coming in and crashing the party i don't know yeah maybe maybe i mean and it was a it was a filming of a play in its you know entire performance so while there Mm -hmm. were changes uh to the the camera shots and things it was not there wasn't a lot of cinematography necessarily that had to uh go in play um the same way that a traditional movie was would have been filmed in so i kind of get it but i i will always i love hamilton i mean i have such a soft spot for it so um i i was really sad that it didn't win but i'm excited uh and congratulate everybody for the barat uh win because it 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 did really well and so we're it's exciting yeah Yeah, people are high on it so yeah excited to check it out the final category was best picture drama and that was presented by michael douglas and Catherine zeta jones who are also vampires and look amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was so happy to see them. You know, we hadn't seen Michael Douglas since Ant-Man, but I don't remember the last movie that Catherine Zeta-Jones had been in. So it was really nice to see her face again. No, um, she she kind of went on like a pretty lengthy sabbatical, right? Because she had some health issues and uh, yeah. kind, kind of crop up there for a while. So she's uh, she's she's been... Uh, looks like she's been doing you know kind of kind of one project a year but yeah definitely not you know kind of the height of you know her does more action roles and things kind of in the early 2000s so yeah yeah so it was was good to see them again um and so the nominees are the father mank nomadland promising young woman and the trial of the chicago seven and both of us picked the trial of the chicago seven to uh take home the award but we were wrong because it mm-hmm. was in fact nomadland yeah nomadland took the uh took the big prize for the night so yeah both wrong but uh nomadland definitely deserving i think if if we uh rewind the tape and listen to our preview show i think we we were both kind of in agreement right that it was basically a, a coin toss between the two yeah uh probably probably you know for the people voting and for for us as well i think if you asked me 10 times i'd probably you know, picture out of Chicago seven, five times and Nomadland five times. And I think you're probably in the same boat. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were both really wonderful films. And for me, you know, something that is worthy of the actual win rather than just a nomination is something that personally changes my paradigm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely feel like both of those did that um, maybe in different ways. And, right. and again, when you talk about you know, current events and things that are currently happening in the world. I, I think I still feel stronger for the trial of the Chicago seven. I think it's, a, it's a very important film. They're very different. Very yeah. different. Yeah. And so I, I don't know because Nomadland has, has had so much to it as well that mm-hmm. are very, I don't know, very real issues that also, um, uh, made me think about things a little bit differently. And for me, that's one of the th- reasons why I love film so much is because I get to be put in a different place and have to think about something that might be uncomfortable or um, hard to think about. Um, sure. And so, I don't know. I, I was glad to see that it won um, because uh, The Father still hasn't come out yet. So if that had won, I'd been really sad because I would not have <laughs> been able to right. give any sort of opinion as to whether it deserved it or not. Um, yep. So... Well, I think I think hopefully pretty much everything should be out here within within the next week. So, absolutely anything anything yeah. you've missed or anything we're you know still looking forward to seeing we should be 
able to have some sort of access to it here and yeah. in the not too distant future. But looking ahead, or I guess looking at the overall Golden Globes, was there anything that stood out to you as far as things that you really thought were deserving to win and didn't win or things that you were surprised about or things that you were, you know, 100% in line with or I was anything glad stand to see, out to you? Yeah, I was glad to see that the crown did as well as it did, even though I didn't vote for the crown much. Mm-hmm. Um, that I thought was really great. Um, I was super glad that Daniel Kaluuya won. Uh, that, mm-hmm. you know, I was knocked out that he did. I really still feel that that was an absolute right choice. Um, yep. Nothing too crazy, uh, you know, that I was disappointed with. I, I'm I'm intrigued by the Barat subsequent movie film because, Barat, you know, that humor is not typically my kind of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, but this particular subject matter expert, I might just love it. So <laughs> it just yeah. kind of depends. Um, and then, of course, the really moving um, speech, uh, acceptance speech for Chadwick Boseman. I think that 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 was probably the highlight um, and low light uh, of my night. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely, definitely kind of the big thing to to take away was uh, his his win in uh, the speech uh, from his wife there. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Nothing really stuck out to me. I, you know, I mentioned it a couple of times through, throughout, you know, this show that none of the nominees really seemed, you know, out of place too much. Right. It, it all seemed uh, like everything was, was in line. There were arguments to be made. It was interesting for me with the television picks because I had seen almost all of these, uh, television shows. And I think that, you know, there was a lot of attention, to the television, especially, you know, these television motion pictures, uh, just due to kind of the state of the world this past year, right? Everyone was home, everyone was, mm-hmm. you know, binging Netflix and Amazon and things. So it's it was just kind of interesting to see the way that this played out, you know, after yeah. a, a year of everyone being at home, theaters by and large, you know, not being open or not being fully open. So right. I also thought it was really interesting how they Um, really confronted the elephant in the room, as it were, um, when it came to diversity and inclusion, Mm -hmm. and, you know, made it very clear that they knew who uh, made up the Hollywood Foreign Press, and who didn't make up the Hollywood Foreign Press, and that they committed on camera to, you know, change that and to become more inclusive and diverse, Um, which I thought was really great, because we, you know, in the past, we've said it, and we keep saying it, we keep, you know, this was by far, I think, the more most diverse group of people that have been um, nominated for their craft than I've seen mm-hmm. in the past. And it, every year it gets uh, it gets better in some ways. Um, right. But it's it's it doesn't ever feel like it's quite uh, quite right. And I think we we made a lot of strides this year. But I really liked that they um, really addressed it instead of kind of poking fun at it and being like, oh well, you know. Right. You know, everybody looks the same and, huh, that's kind of funny. This time they really um, had a more serious take and said, you know, they're going to, they're going to do something about it, which is great. Um, Now, now Hollywood Foreign Press, you got to put your money where your mouth is. So let's, let's do that. Yeah. They, yeah. Like you said, they, they finally addressed it, right? Normally you'll get kind of backlash. You'll see things trend on Twitter and on the news and places like that, but they actually came out and said something. So hopefully they're not just, you know, empty words and hopefully some changes are made there. So. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, the, the big question then becomes where, 
where do we go to the Oscars, right? From here, do we, do we see any big changes? How are you feeling? Uh, Nomadland, you know, won the best picture here. Um, and Borat, do you, do you see uh, either of those taking home the, the Oscar? Do you think it's, it's going to change? Um, Pad, you know, of the 77 uh, years that we've had Golden Globes and Academy Awards, uh, there have been 27 times where they didn't line up. So is this going to be one of those years? Or do you think, um, do you think Nomadland could, could take the, take the top prize? Is this giving it the momentum it needs or? I wouldn't be surprised if Nomadland won, um, but I'm still, I think, holding out hope for the trial of the Chicago seven. It was, you know, I think all of these films deserve uh, a, a nomination, but I, I really think, I don't know. It'll be interesting. There's there tends to be a, a typically a different audience and the pro, the profile of what they're looking for. Um, mm-hmm. As you said, they've only lined up uh, a few times. There's been lots of times where they didn't, and so it, it'll be interesting to see. I'm glad Nomad Land got the recognition that it got. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I hope that that paves the way for the Academy to vote for the trial of the Chicago seven. That being said, you know, the nominations aren't even out yet. They come out on the 15th of March. And so we'll probably have a much better view of what that uh, landscape looks like at that point. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I think that Judas and the black Messiah is probably going to be up there with, um, with the best picture nominations. I'm yep. surprised that it didn't make it um in in this list i don't know who i what i would have kicked out probably the father since i haven't seen it yet because (laughs) nobody can see it but um but that's because i haven't seen it so you know that'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see i definitely think that um you know chadwick boseman is gonna is gonna get nominated uh again for Mm -hmm. an oscar um i definitely think that um daniel kaluuya should get nominated and and uh, at least for uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, I think probably Chloe Zhao is gonna get nominated for direct best director again for Nomadland mm-hmm. because it was really a, a special, um, really special film from a directing standpoint. It had a different look and feel and it was just really cool. But we'll yep. see. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much kind of in the same boat as you. I think that you're gonna see a lot of these sort of line up and and carry over. I think we'll we'll see a lot of the the same names and probably a lot of the same winners. At least right now, I'm I'm going to stick with my pick for Trial of the Chicago Seven. But yeah, would not be would not be surprised. I'm still on that uh 50 50 coin toss with with Nomadland there. Um, I do think that with the current state of the world and movie theaters, we've we've mentioned a couple you know that haven't been released yet. But by and large, you know, we've been able to watch all of these things from the comfort of our own home. And I've seen a lot of things that I wouldn't normally see. Um, and so hopefully these movies that, you know, would normally have a smaller audience, hopefully they get more eyes on them, right? Like, uh, you know, how many people would have went and seen Judas and the Black Messiah? So hopefully, you know, the, the yeah. viewership of, you know, movies like that are completely you know, blow up from where, where they would have been in a normal year, right? With, with just a, you know, a small theater run. Yeah. Right? So. Oh, totally. I, I think that that um, is, is kind of a blessing in disguise uh, of what we can take away from, from the trash can fire of 2020 is that mm-hmm. um, there were a lot of things TV wise that I never would have paid much attention to that I definitely did because there wasn't much else to do. And uh, again, 
it's all about changing your paradigm and changing the way you think. I personally know a bunch of people that watched uh, some of these more diverse films. That's how I'm going to say it. That never would have in the in the in the past. Um, right. That wasn't their type of film, and they felt challenged uh, and empowered to watch them from the company of their own house. And it really changed the way they thought about a lot of things in the world, which can only be good, right? More people thinking, more people using their hearts and minds. I think that's that's always a good thing. So I, I totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyone who, you know, has... <laughs> Two, two shows in a row now listen to us ramble about the about the Golden Globes if you have any if you have any thoughts about the winners if you're you know happy with a particular winner if any any of you know the the fashion or the speeches or the presenters stood out to you you know let us know uh, we'd love to hear about it um, and if you make the drink the movies bell let us know that if you make a moe bell you can you can send us that too but um, but definitely take a picture of that and let us know you can reach us on our social media. It's Instagram and Twitter. It's at drink the movies and facebook.com slash drink the movies. Uh, we're going to put our, some pictures of the cocktail we made and the recipe and all that good stuff up on our website, which is www.drinkthemovies.com. Michaela, why don't you tell people where they can uh, listen and review our podcast? Sure. You can find us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere anchor podcasts are distributed. We'd appreciate it if you subscribe. And if you like what you listen to, leave us a five-star review because it really helps us get the drink the movies out there. All right. Well, that is going to wrap up the 78th annual Golden Globes uh, for us here. Uh, it was a lot of fun covering covering that here for the for this last week and going through all of those with you. So we thank you for joining us. Uh, but unfortunately, my drink the movies bell has run dry, Michaela. I think it's I think it's time for a new cocktail. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to, I'm going to do another drink the movies bell. Okay. Make it happen. All right. We'll be back next week with uh, our regular episode and we are going back to the very first golden globes Oscar clash. And we'll be uh, talking about Casablanca. So make sure you come in and uh, give that one a listen and we'll be back next time on drink the the moves. moves. That was horrible. (laughs) Should we try it again? (laughs) 